Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Rob Schallenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Rob is a best-selling author, former F-16 fighter pilot, Air Force One advanced agent, world-renowned keynote speaker and corporate trainer who's trained Fortune 500 companies around the world, executive coach, father of four, and the CEO of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Now, here is Rob Schallenberger. All right, welcome to all our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners. Wherever you are in the world today, we're grateful you took the time to join us. And this will be a little different podcast than some of the others that we've done. Uh, just in the nature that it's going to be unique and, and different in its approach. And you'll, you'll get a feel for that as I introduce our guest. So let's do that. And before we get started, and before I introduce Jill, why did we decide to do this podcast? Well, two weeks ago, uh, our neighbor lost their 19-year-old son in a head-on car collision where he was killed instantaneously, and their world was turned upside down. You know, and at that point, they were just living life day to day, and they're an incredible family, and who would have ever saw that coming? We have another set of neighbors that somewhere around 20 to 30 years ago, they were on a trip and their three teenage sons were in the home and they all died of carbon monoxide poisoning. And could you imagine being them and <laughs> getting that call? Uh, it just flipped their world upside down on its head and, and they've never been the same since. Still an incredible family. It's just, it changes a person. And so one of my neighbors is just an incredible person, Jill Thomas and her husband, Ben. They're just great friends of ours. And they had an incredible story, and Jill's been fortunate enough now to share that and, and really has inspired a lot of people because of her story. People will go through something at some point in their lives, and it comes in all different shapes and sizes. And what Jill has shared has, has really inspired and touched a lot of people, including both my wife and myself. And so I thought it'd be beneficial for some of our listeners to hear Jill's story and, and share some of her lessons learned because the reality is they're going to apply to us at some point because we're all going to experience things we didn't expect. That's part of life. And so with that being said, Jill Thomas is an incredible person. They moved from California. She can tell a little bit more of that story. She's an amazing photographer, mom, and just comes from an incredible family. So Jill, so grateful you're with us today. Oh, thanks so much, Rob. That was so nice of you. Well, why don't you start maybe, Jill, by just sharing your background and your story and and what led up to the experience that you had and, and then go from there and if you don't mind just taking a few minutes to share your experience and your story, and then maybe we can build on that. Perfect. Well, you know, my story really starts out with um, about, I've been married about 15 years. I got married kind of young, and my husband and I had dreams of starting a family. And like every newly married couple does, we had dreams of what that family would look like, where we would raise our kids, what our life would look like. And so we were really kind of gung-ho and really proactive in making this life happen for us. So after we got done with school and through grad school and early careers, we finally made our way out to Southern California because our whole married life, we had dreamed of raising our kids in Southern California. And it was a difficult process to get there, but we that's what we really wanted. That's where we wanted to, to raise our kids. And not just in South, Southern California, we wanted to raise them on the beach. And so we made a lot of sacrifices to make that happen. And we finally got there. And life was so, so good. At this time, we had three kids. And my youngest was, well, just under two. 
And life was really, really good. I had started a photography business um, about 10 years before this that, you know, I hadn't dreamed of where it would go. But when I moved to California, it really, really took off. And I was photographing all over the world. I was being published in national magazines, international magazines, um, doing weddings and a lot of editorial work and some really cool projects that I was really having a fun time with. My husband had a great job and he got a new job offer that took us up to Huntington Beach area and LA. And so we left our home of Carlsbad and moved up to Huntington Beach. And we moved into a home that we thought we were making this home ours. This would be the home that we raised our kids in. It was a half a mile from the beach in downtown Huntington. It was, we were living the life, Rob. It was just (laughs) amazing. And, uh, we were in that home for about two months and it had a swimming pool. And one morning I had a difficult morning, a difficult family morning. It was busy. My kids were uh, destructive. My dog had chewed up my brand new couch I had just gotten. We had a puppy and he chewed up the kitchen, the cushion. And, uh, my husband was having a hard time with his new job. And, um, anyway, it was just kind of an overall difficult morning. And I went into the office for about 15 minutes to gather myself up and so that I could kind of emotionally and physically be there for my kids. And in that 15 minutes, my daughter, who is 21 months old, her name is Penny, she drowned in our backyard swimming pool. And it, like what you said about your neighbors and our friends, is it turns your world upside down. And our, I had always, we had always really been very driven to make this wonderful life of ours. And now we were in a situation that I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't know how to go on. I didn't know what to do next. We were just turned upside down. So, um, so from there, we, uh, we ended up burying Penny in, in Utah and uh, next to my parents. And so we came out to Utah and we had her service and we ended up staying out in Utah for about a month and enjoyed the mountains and the outdoors and had a, you know, a sweet time together as a family. And we went back to California and life did not seem the same. Nothing seemed the same. Our perspective on life had changed. Everything that once made perfect sense made no sense anymore. And so we upped and moved and moved to a small town in Utah where we're now your neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just an incredible story. I I try to maintain my composure as you tell the story because I could only imagine we have four kids and it's, it's one of your worst nightmares come true. I mean, really, isn't it? And... I could just only imagine what that experience must have been like. And and so the question is, what can people, I mean, there's got to be listeners out there who've experienced something similar in different forms or fashions. So what can some of our listeners do who have experienced something like that do? Based on what you've learned and, and you've gone through, what advice or recommendations would you give to them learning the lessons that you've learned? Uh, Well, my first advice and something that helped us very, very early on 
was that I realized quickly that I couldn't go back to life as once I once knew. I couldn't go back and just continue shooting and pretend this didn't happen. I couldn't just keep going to the beach, keep going to the grocery store, keep doing my everyday things because it so drastically changed me. It changed my outlook on life, my perspective, how I did every every just day-to-day task. So I couldn't just go on and and live life. And so one thing that I learned really early on was that it's okay to it's okay to change your perspective on life. And it's okay to let this drive you to a new place. And it's not when we experience something like this, it's not about just going back to life as what we once knew. That's not the goal. The goal is not to experience something so drastic and just go back to where you used to be. The goal is to allow this to drive you to a new transcendent point of view, to a new a, a new life and a new space where life does take a new perspective. And what this did for me is this allowed me to live life not without my daughter. Because that's what I was trying to do at first. I was trying to figure out how could I live life without Penny? Hmm. It seemed impossible. And so it, it made me very stuck because I didn't know how to live life without her. So this new new place, this new perspective allowed me to live life with Penny. That drive allowed me to, to use this experience, her life, and live a live a life with her. And so now everything that we do, either me individually or me with my husband or me with my family, uh, everything kind of goes now through the filter of this experience. And it goes through the filter of Penny. And and to make sure and to keep evaluating our life to, um, are we just trying to go, are, are we going back? Are we going back to that old place? Or are we letting this drive us to a to a, to a new place where we're, we're, we're doing more, we're being better, we're living life with her. And so when I talk to people that have experienced loss like this, I first try to counsel them. And one, you have to, it's loss and you have to experience that. You can't just push it away and, and try to grow um, immediately. You have to go through the loss of it and it's uncomfortable and it's really it's really painful. Um, but after that, you have a choice of, of just trying to go back to the person you once were, or you can allow this experience to take you somewhere that you ever, you never knew possible. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes, <laughs> it makes incredible sense. And isn't that, this is the becoming your best podcast. And isn't that the spirit of it, that we take things that life give us and somehow we find a way to let them help make us better. Uh, and not only that, but one of the things I love about what you're doing, Jill, is that you're helping other people in this process. Uh, you've gone through there and you're not just keeping this locked up, but you're helping other people go through this. And I've seen people in my life that have been stuck in this rut and they haven't been able to get out of it. And so I'm hoping that your perspective will help some people that may feel like they can't get out of that. Now, well, one thing yeah, that's interesting about what you're saying there is that because, um, you, you experience something like this and you kind of have a choice. You have a choice. Um, I say that you have three choices. You have a choice of trying to go back to the person you once were. 
And, and that's really hard because you can't unexperience what you've experienced. You can't unsee what you've seen. So it's hard and almost impossible to go back to the person you once were. And so you're kind of just on a, a, a spinning wheel going nowhere, trying to go back to the person you once were. Or you have a choice of, um, well, accepting this new life that is really kind of terrible and it's really hard and it's really difficult. And sometimes people don't understand why you would choose that, why you just choose to be in the state of suffering. And the reason is, is because the state of suffering becomes who you are now. It actually becomes the more familiar life than your old life was. And it actually becomes a place that becomes more comfortable because the state of suffering or this state of uncomfortableness um, is a place, especially when you've experienced loss like this, it's actually a place that, um, like for me, it was a place where my daughter was. If I became happy, then I was, I was losing my daughter, right? Mm. There was guilt in feeling happiness or moving on. So people like to stay in this state of, of suffering or the state of pain because it's eventually where that person is that they've lost. And how did you and make that th- shift? So then your third choice is um, that you don't have to stay there and you don't have to go back to where you're old, to your old life. You can, I could live with Penny and allow that drive to drive me to, to, to a new place where, where happiness exists, but also loss exists. And I kind of, I, I, um, use the metaphor of tectonic plates, right? We have two tectonic plates, um, that rub back and forth together and they cause a lot of friction and they're kind of fighting against each other. Well, for years and years, if they rub against each other and the friction um, gets tighter and tighter, eventually those tectonic plates will rub and and a mountain will form, right? And um, that's kind of how this process works, is that you... Um, you struggle, you let the friction rub against each other. So you have happiness and you have suffering and you don't have to choose one or the other. You create a space where, where both can exist hmm. and something new can be created. And that mountain is a place where, um, where growth is. And that's what it, what's available to people, to people that are experiencing loss or experience suffering. A growth, a vertical growth is available to them. A new perspective uh, is available to them. Wow, what a great metaphor. So let me, look, let's see if we can shift this now to, to another group of people and look at it through a different lens. There are a lot of people listening to this podcast that are just like you and Ben before this happened to Penny. They're living life and things are going great for them and, you know, things are going really well. So what would you say to them now from the perspective and lens that you're looking through? Uh, I would say that, um, that it's life is meant, we're meant to experience, to have experiences in this life. We're meant to experience the good days and the happy days. And uh, we're meant to experience growth and prosperity. And those come. Um, But we're also meant to experience pain and suffering. And we're meant to experience even despair or anger. That's all part of life. And so sometimes when things are going good, we forget that 
the opposite is also meant to be experienced. And so what happens is when things are going good, uh, we forget about this. So then when things turn upside down, like for me, it happened in an instant. My daughter died and it just happened in an instant. And because I wasn't prepared for that, I wasn't prepared for, um, well, I wasn't prepared for grief and I wasn't prepared for loss. I can honestly say, Rob, that I thought something like this would never happen to me. And I said that actually a lot. I thought, oh, no, that's not ever something that's ever going to happen to me. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And so because when things are good, we forget that these kind of things can happen. And so we let them just tear us apart. We let them tear us down. And so people that are experiencing good and are experiencing growth and life is good, I would tell them to... um, to remember that all parts of life are meant to be experienced. And so as soon as something comes your way that doesn't seem ideal or that seems uncomfortable, to remember that we were given the growth as much as we were given the loss. And we are given the happiness as much as we're given the sadness. And that it doesn't have to well, it doesn't have to completely turn us upside down and it doesn't have to destroy us and it doesn't have to um, create um, a place of just loss of self for us. Um, and I think that that's something that when things are good, we we don't really kind of prepare ourselves for that because when things are good, they're just good and we don't think of any, you know, anything can go wrong. And, um, and also to just be aware that things are things are good for you and, and you're experiencing um, you're experiencing goodness. But to remember that a lot of people out there, even though we don't see it, a lot of people are experiencing um, hardship. Yeah. And mine was out there I, because of kind of the presence I had with my photography business. My, my loss was out there for the world to see. It got out in social media really fast. Uh, people shared my story within minutes. It got out there in the world. But what I realized is that a lot of people are suffering and a lot of people are going through hard times and their stories aren't out there on podcasts like mine for people to hear. And they're suffering in silence and they don't have people to, to talk to or share their story with. And um, so to be aware that those people are all around us. And even when people's life do look good and it does look like everything is going their way, uh, a lot of times um, they're, they're suffering in silence. Something else is going on. And because of my situation, I've had a lot of people that have come to me and been willing to share their hardships with me. And a lot of people that I just thought, well, their life is perfect. Their life is going just the way, you know, just the way it should be. And I quickly learned that it's not, that they're secretly suffering. They're secretly going through hardships. And so, um, so to have patience and to have love because everybody is, everybody is experiencing loss and it might not be a loss of a daughter like mine, uh, but a lot of people are experiencing loss or, or hardships or struggles. 
Oh, and that is, it is so much the truth. I mean, even as we go around the world doing seminars, I look over people's shoulders at the, when they're developing a personal vision for the first time. We're trying to set some goals for the first time. And to see some of the things that people are struggling with, it's amazing. And, you know, not to make this a religious podcast, but when I heard someone say, oftentimes when people go to church, they're dressed up in these nice suits and dresses, and it looks more like a five-star hotel than it does a church, whereas the reality is, if you could peel that back and people wore their emotions, it would be more like a hospital. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's kind of how it is in life. People, we tend, well, especially, you know, when you bring in Facebook and Twitter, you put out there this perfect scenario when the reality is there's a lot of stuff going on that people are struggling with. And you know, one thing that just came to mind, Jill, as you were sharing that is, is the importance of making memories. And what our listeners don't know, you haven't mentioned it yet, is that Ben and Jill, they describe this life in the hustle and bustle of California. Well, it's kind of the exact opposite now. <laughs> So they have horses and chickens and all these farm animals and their kids are out there feeding them. And I just love their focus on memories. And and I, having not been through this myself in, in this particular scenario, one of my focuses in life is to try to make as many memories as possible. And I could only imagine that when you do, maybe looking back, it at least says, you know, we made the best of this while we had the chance to be together. And whether we suffer personal loss unexpectedly or whether we live a long, full life, you know, that's one of the parts of becoming our best is to leave a life of memories. And I love a quote that uh, someone said. He said, God gives us memories so that we can experience June roses in the December of our lives. Oh, I love that. <clears throat> and I love it because that's the reality is we have this time to make hay, if you will, you know, to make memories. And you never know when that may be the last time we have that opportunity. And so I, they don't know that about you, that you have the horses and the chickens. And so yeah. I wanted to point that out because you've... Yeah, well, it's interesting because, um, you know, when you losing my daughter, I have experienced, it's almost like a movie reel that I can look back on my life that it plays over and over of every time I left her. Every time I didn't snuggle her in bed and I went and checked my phone and instead of laying next to her. And it's... Uh, especially when I first lost her, this was like a movie that played in my head over and over again. I could remember every time that, um, that I chose something over her and it's very painful. It's just extreme, extremely painful to watch that over and over again. And so what changed for us was, uh, was this, what I was talking about, this new perspective on life that all of a sudden those, those things that I chose over her, the my phone, even even a lot of times my work or my growth in my business that I chose above my family or uh, or over her, it those choices weighed on me, and I realized really quickly that I never regretted once the moments that I put down work or I put down my email or I put down my phone, and I chose her over those things. And so um, one thing about moving to a smaller town in Utah was the opportunity to slow life down, to make time for those things that now were very apparent that are the important things in life. And so it was about slowing life down and focusing on, on what's truly meaningful. And we saw that for the first time, and it was interesting because I went to a therapist, and she told me, she said... Um, she said, don't make life-changing decisions in the first year after this happens. <laughs> well, we moved and I got pregnant. <laughs> and, um, and so, but we had a different outlook. We thought, 
oh my gosh, our we now see life as we should see life. Our our priorities are now straight. Isn't this the time that we should be making decisions before they get all mucked up again? Hmm. And so, um, so with that, those kind of new glasses on, we we did. We we upped and moved and we left and um, we create a world where we, we do. We have a farm. We have horses. We have chickens. We have goats and sheep and bunnies and cats. <laughs> and it's a whole farm now. <laughs> and uh, But what it does is it's created time with our family and it's created time uh, together. And, and I know from experience that that is something I will never regret. Oh, yeah. I, absolutely. Well... Thank you so much, Jill, for sharing your story. And I'm confident that there are going to be some people that listen to this that are inspired by that. And, and there's one other thing that you wanted to mention. I know you have the Pennies for Penny uh, foundation or charity that you've thought about. And then as we're approaching Christmas, you wanted to share some thoughts. Do you mind sharing that with our listeners? Yeah. Well, one thing that happened after we <clears throat> lost my daughter is that my husband had started a new job. And so we had two months before our life insurance kicked in. Well, we lost my daughter within this two months time. And so we had all these strangers and friends and family that rallied around us. And they started a fund for us called Pennies for Penny. And our, her whole funeral, our, our cost of, um, of, well, all her medical bills, everything were all paid for by this fund. And it was something that while gratitude doesn't begin to describe how I feel for these strangers that came into my life and helped us. Um, so people, even after her medical bills were paid off and her funeral was paid off, people still kept wanting to donate. And we felt like we could not, we couldn't take people's money anymore. And so I I realized that people wanted to help and they wanted to help other families. So we turned pennies for penny into a fund of families helping families. So that first uh, penny's birthday is November 23rd. So it's the week of Thanksgiving Hmm. and it goes straight into the holidays. So we kind of do it as a celebration of her life and her birthday. And we raise money um, every year around the holidays to help a family. And or multiple families, kind of depending. So we've helped a family whose mom suffered from cancer. We've helped three children who have been children that have suffered from cancer. We've helped with all funeral costs of a family. We've bought tombstones or headstones for families. Um, so anyway, and this this year we have two families that are in need of of some holiday help. And so we're stepping in and helping them. And so we have a GoFundMe account. It's just GoFundMe.com slash pennies for penny K is the GoFundMe account. And, uh, and it's just families helping families, people that want to help other families during the holidays. And we do this to show our gratitude for what was given to us and, uh, and just continue helping others in, in our daughter's name. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, and there's so many opportunities to help. This would be an incredible one. And as we get ready to wrap up, and again, thanks, Jill, so much for sharing your story and being willing to do that. Uh, you know, you wonder how these podcasts come about sometimes. And it was just the other morning I was driving with, with my neighbor's recent experience on my mind. And I thought, you know, they had no idea this was coming their way. And now their lives are, they're just surviving day to day at this point. And they're an incredible family, one of, one of the most amazing families I know. Uh, and I thought, there's got to be a lot of other people either in that situation or different situations like Jill mentioned where they're just struggling 
with something going on. We've all had something like that. And so Jill came to mind as, a, as just an inspiring lady who has not only been through this, but now is taking it what would arguably be one of the most hard things or difficult things we could ever go through and has now made it a positive for others and is blessing other people's lives by sharing her story and, and lifting them. And you can clearly hear that when you, when you listen to her. And so hopefully this podcast has been beneficial to you. And, and the other reason for doing this particular podcast is so that whether it's in a year from now, three years from now, if you know someone when something happens, that you can recall this and maybe share it with them. And that's the beauty of podcasts is these go on in perpetuity, if you will. And even in five or 10 years, this will still be around. And maybe you can share Jill's story with someone else who's been through an experience and, and it will lift them. And that's the spirit of becoming your best. It's not just about us. It's about lifting those around us. So again, Jill, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Well, thanks so much for having me, Rob. I realize that a lot of people don't get to share their daughter like I do. And so it's a, I'm incredibly grateful that you would let me share her life as well as my experience. So thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. And to all of our bot- Becoming Your Best podcast listeners, we're grateful for you. And you know these are so fun to do because they reach around the world. And so with that being said, let's go out there and have a great and wonderful week. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com and you can find all the information about the podcast right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. A rating interview is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.